Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Like me, sometimes you know, when you, you do some type of cleanup project, you ever just take a moment and just stand back and be like, That looks pretty good, right? Like, you did good work. And uh, maybe you haven't had that experience, but maybe you've been somewhere and you see something that you're like, Man, it just it kind of takes your breath away, right? You, you go, That's amazing. Maybe it's, it's, it's maybe because of its power or its prestige, but you're like, Man, it, there's something unique, there's something splendor about this. You think about things like uh, Old Faithful. Right? And you see the power of this geyser and it just kind of takes your breath away and you stand in awe. A number of years ago, I had the privilege of traveling to Tanzania. And uh, on our flight in, um, it was just, it was breathtaking. We were flying through the clouds. We get above the clouds. We're above the clouds. And all of a sudden, the pilot is like, hey, if you just took a, take a look out your right window, uh, you'll see something special. And we're, I mean, we're above the clouds. And above the clouds, you get to see the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Right? It was just like, what? Like, it was just, it was so breathtaking. At the same, on the same trip, I had the chance to go into the Ngorogoro Crater. Now, this is a, a massive crater, like the descent down. I'm grateful that the, the ascent up was paved because the descent down was not. And uh, I was like, this is going to be fun. I mean, like teetering off a cliff. Uh, but it was an amazing experience to see all that natural wildlife. Again, it was something, I got pictures of being up top. And you can't, like we put, we have binoculars and we're like, what is that? Right? Oh, it's an elephant. Like that's how deep this crater is. You can barely see it and make out. It's just, it took your breath away. Maybe uh, you've experienced that when you went to Niagara Falls and you've seen the power, right, of those falls. Maybe you've gone out west and you've seen the, just the ginormity of the Grand Canyon and you, you take hundreds of pictures because you just can't believe it. You just stand in awe. Or if you've ever had this experience, uh, it's the same way where you just, the birth of a child, right? You're like, what? And it's, ah, and now you got responsibility, but it's just amazing. That same emotion, that same dynamic, that same feeling in those moments is the same that it should be every Sunday when we gather to worship in the presence of the Lord. Right? There, there should be something within us that just stands back in awe of who God is. We should, we should be spellbound. We should be mesmerized by the life-giving, the life-flowing power of God. And so here we are in week three of the summer in the Psalms. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 100. I think you have an idea of where we're going to go today. If you're a guest with us, I normally do not start preaching as soon as the announcements are over, but I, I think you'll see why. We have a, a unique opportunity to worship today. So here we go, jumping in verse one. It says, shout for joy to the Lord. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. He, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse four says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all 
generations. You see, worship was never meant to be about us. It was meant to be all about Jesus. Or, and, and that obviously is the opposite of us. Worship was never meant to be about the right song. Worship is something that flows from a grateful heart. Worship was never meant to be about a feeling. right? Worship was, was an opportunity for us to worship and give express ourselves with thanksgiving to our creator and to tell the why. Like, why am I here? God, I'm here for you. That's what worship was meant to do. Worship was never meant to be something we do, but worship was meant to be who we are. That's what worship is. You see, God is willing to meet with us anywhere, any place, in any time. But we have to be willing to come into our presence with all of us. He's bringing all of himself, but do we bring all of ourselves? Are we coming with, with a passion? Are we coming with our heart and our mind and, and, our, and, and really being willing to open ourselves up to receive from him all that he would have for us in those moments? Do we bring our attitude? Do we bring our mind? Do we bring our dependence? Do we acknowledge him for who he is and his splendor and his power and his lordship? So what can we learn from the psalm this morning about worship? If you're taking notes, is worship provides an opportunity for public declaration. Worship provides an opportunity for public declaration. Verse 1 says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. The original word signifies a glad shout or to give a blast, like a trumpet sound. Right? Like this is, this is what we're talking about. As kings, as, as individuals would appear before kings, what would happen? Right? You see it in the movies and there's, there's, there's the trumpets playing. Like now enters the king. Well, we don't, we don't really have much royalty here in uh, Wadsworth or really in the state of Ohio. Uh, but just imagine for a moment, like this is, this is you making a shout if you see somebody famous that you know and you want to get to know them. Right? This is, you see somebody walking down the street, like, ah, Right? That's, that's the kind of joy that we're talking about this morning from our text. It's this shout of joy. It's this shout of triumph. It's, it's a battle cry. It's a battle cry. You see, when we come to worship, our agenda is to meet with God. God's agenda is to meet with us. Right? We, come to, we come to worship and it's our agenda. We're like, God, I just want to meet with you. And God's like, that's awesome. Because I want to meet with you. Right? So it's a part of our agenda, and it's always his agenda. So as we walk this path of worship, sometimes it's just hard to be quiet. Right? It's hard to be quiet. And we're not raising our voices to draw attention to ourselves. We're shouting because the Lord is among us. Right? We're passionate because God's in this place. We come with a holy expectation of God's going to do something amazing if I'm willing. And so now I want to draw closer to the Lord. I think about the biblical text of the walls of Jericho. Right, so Joshua is given the instructions by the Lord. This is what I want you to do. And you're just, this is your, like, this is army. Like, here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to give you the victory. And here's how it's going to happen. I want you to march around these walls, right? And you're going to do it for, for seven days. So for the first six, just zip it, right? Walk around each day. Awesome. Then on the seventh day, here's what I want you to do. I want you to march around six times. And then on the seventh time, Right? I want you to let out a shout. I want you to, to blow those trumpets and, and watch what will happen. And in Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, it says, When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted. Right? It's a battle cry. The army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Right? Did you hear that? It's like, man, this is battle cry. All the men shouted. And some of us are like, can't we just do that in silence? 
Like, can't we just worship like we're like a, uh, like we're trying to do like, we're mine, like we're just getting it. Like we're really excited, but I don't want anybody to know. So I'll just. No, you have to, you got to open up your mouth and let a shout go. Maybe, just maybe, I wonder if God wants you to declare the victory before you ever experience the victory. Like that's what's happening in Joshua. Like, hey, listen, before the walls ever come down, I want you to shout. I want you to to declare the victory because I'm going to bring the victory. You will have the experience after you make that declaration. Right? When those wall and those walls come down, and now they get to experience the victory because they declared the victory. You see, our our response is a deck a direct correlation of God's worth. It's not, it's not just worship, it's worthship, right? Our response during these moments of, of when we have an opportunity to sing to the Lord, what we're saying is, God, is this, this is how much I value you, right? You are a prized possession, and I want, I want to be able to tell you how grateful I am, how thankful I am. And so we, we have moments of worship where we can declare his worth, and so we can experience worthship. Not because of what he's going to do for you today or in the future, but because of who he is and what he's already done for you. Amen. Right? We come to him with a thankful heart because of, because of who he is and what he's already done. And maybe you're watching online or you're in person this morning. You're like, man, I'm, church really isn't my thing. I don't really know much about Jesus. When you get to know Jesus, when you get to experience Jesus, the response, the natural response becomes thanksgiving, becomes worship becomes praise because you're like, I'm so grateful for what he's done. I'm so grateful that Jesus gave it all. I'm so grateful for the body that was beaten for me. I'm so thankful for the blood that was shed. I can't help but thank him that his love is unconditional. I can't help but worship him because because of his grace. I mess up and he forgives me. He gives me grace. Even though I don't deserve it, he continually gives it to me. His word says he would never leave me. He's my ever-present help in time of need. He is your supplier. He's the breath of life. His grace is sufficient. Her, his mercies, I love this, his mercies are made new every morning. Right? Every single day, what an opportunity for a new start, fresh start, a new beginning. And his forgiveness is like no other. Right? And, and we, we say we forgive, and we do, and I believe we, we forgive in our heart. The issue is, is we, we struggle to forget. Right? We forgive, but the memory is still burned in our spirits and in our minds. But the scripture says when God forgives, when he forgives, right? It's like being on the bottom of the ocean floor. It's as far as the east is from the west. There's, there's no remembrance. So he forgives like no other. And so when you begin to receive that type of forgiveness, you're like, man, this is, I don't deserve this. And truly we don't. And then you realize that his power cannot be fathomed. You understand that that he hears your cries, he sees your pain, he gives you a purpose, and you know that he's preparing a place for you. And because of all that, because of all that, the response is, God, I thank you for who you are and what you've already done because of who he is. I will lift up my voice. I will shout for joy to the Lord. Why do we care more about people watching us than the God who created us? Right? Think about that for a moment. Why do we care more about the people who are watching us than the God created? It's like, don't look at me. Right? Pastor says, hey, just lift your hands and surrender. And you're like, you first. 
right? And it's like, it's like this thing where inside of us we struggle because, because we're so worried about what anybody and everybody else would think about us. About 18 months ago, I, I preached a, a one-off message as the Lord laid it upon my heart about, about how we need to be people of passion. And I shared uh, this illustration in that message, and I want to share it with you today. Uh, it, it comes from uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. There's a Marine Corps base there uh, in, in New River. And the base is, is, is very loud because it's at that base where they have different helicopters, uh, a Super Cobra, a Super Stallion, an Osprey. And, and it, so it gets really loud. And obviously, if you're a part of Wadsworth Neighbors, if any helicopters fly over, people want to know, why is it so loud? Like, it gets loud, okay? Just imagine these, these massive machines flying over all the time. So if you're new to the city, they were like, hey, maybe we should let people know. What's going, what they're going to experience, because this is going to rattle your windows, this is going to shake the foundation of your house a little bit when we, when we get going. And so they decided it would be important to make a sign when you pull into the city, and the sign still exists today, and it says, pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. Right? Pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. What an opportunity that we have every Sunday to be passionate about worship. And in those moments, it may get a little loud, but pardon the noise, it's the sound of our spiritual freedom. Like pardon the noise because Jesus has done something in my life and in my heart that my only proper response is thanksgiving. And sometimes in my passion, I get a little loud and I may get a little excited and I want to tell Jesus thanks. So pardon the noise, it may get a little loud today. And I get it. Some of you are like, well, doesn't he hear my whisper? He does. But understand this. It's not about you getting his attention. It's about him having your attention. Right? You don't have to yell at him to get his attention like, oh, I got to get loud because he's not going to hear me. No, he's going to hear you. But we just need to make sure that what? That he has our attention. That we're dialed into what we're actually here for. And that's the Make a joyful noise to the Lord. In verse two, it says, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs, right? So you see this, this moment of, hey, we're gonna shout for joy. And now all of a sudden, that shout and that joy turns into beautiful music. And now we have song. And music is a way that for us, it's, a, it's an expression of our gladness, our joy, and of an opportunity to give praise. Songs do not create gladness, they express it. Right? You don't need the right song, the right lyric, the right hymn, the right note to be able to express your gladness. The music is just an opportunity for us from what's inside to come outside, right? from, from what we're experiencing in the depths of our heart to say, God, I, I'm so appreciative of who you are and what you've done for me that I, I want to be able to use this moment of instrumentation to be able to lift up my voice and to declare your goodness. It's through our singing that we can approach God. It, it prepares us for eternity, right? Sometimes people are like, why? why do we, like you land on a chorus and you sit there for like three minutes. Don't we know any other words? What we're really doing is just prepping you for eternity, right? When you're standing and sitting and kneeling and bowing before the Lord in reverence and continually saying, holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts. Right, if you think three minutes is long, wait for three trillion years, right? So what an opportunity we have, again, to express our worth and to be able to thank God through music. 575 different references to praise, singing, or music are found in the scripture. 575 different references. 
Now just imagine in the midst of, of all of that, in the very center of the scripture, we have this great book called the Psalms. And interwoven through all the Psalms, you see it, right? You see this worship, you see this praise, you see this thanksgiving. You see this, I will lift up my hands, I will bow before the Lord, I will kneel before the Lord, I will shout before the Lord. So from the beginning, music has had an essential link between God and his children, right? There's this connection that's able to happen when we begin to worship. But be mindful of this. We are called to be worshipers of God and not worshipers of music, right? We are called to be worshipers of God and not worshipers of music. And sometimes we get, we get locked in, right? Music is, is a part of a protocol that prepares our hearts and it sets our minds to, to make sure that center stage is not us and it's him, right? It's, it's not about who's on the stage. It's not about the instrumentation. It's truly about him. And that's, that's what music is able to do. It draws us in. Music is a sacrifice of praise, not a synonym for worship, right? It's a sacrifice. It's, it's something that we bring to him, but it doesn't take the place of. Like, well, I'll just have somebody else worship in my place. That's not how this works, right? He's asking you to have a personal encounter. He's asking you to worship for who he is. And I don't know about you. I don't, I don't ever want to rock crying out on my behalf. I want to be able to thank God for what he's done in my life personally, I also believe that our corporate worship is, is supposed to be an expression of our, individually, uh, our individual lives worshiping. And what I mean by that is, is we don't show up on church uh, and worship on Sunday to live for the world on Monday. Amen. Right? We don't show up and be like, okay, I'm going to lift my hands and this is going to be great. And then when I leave, I'm going to be a totally different person and not for the good. Sometimes I think that Mondays are more important than Sundays. And that's a completely different message. We won't have time to get into that today. But I, but I think our joy that we have in these moments should, should be carried with us. Like you just shouldn't be happy when you're here. Because his presence you take with you everywhere you go. And so we have an opportunity to, to worship, to put into an expression of praise and, and, and with song and to be able to lift up his name for his goodness every day. Hear me on this church. Don't let your preference determine your praise. Don't let your preference determine your praise. Don't be so picky. Be like, yeah, they just played my song, right? You know, that's my song. And, and so I, love, I worship to that song. How about any song? How about any hymn? How about, how about just, uh, hey, if, if we had more drum or we had this, you know, if Broderick would tame himself down a little bit, then, then I would be able to, I'm just playing it, right? But we get, so, we get so preferential. Is it, but this is why I'm preaching on worship. Because worship isn't about you, it's about him. And so what we can do is take our personal preference and push it off to the side and say, God, it doesn't matter the song. It doesn't matter the beat. It doesn't matter. All I want to do is spend time with you. So don't be so particular and allow it to ruin your praise. Because worship is about him. It's making sure our focus is right. In verse three, it says, know that the Lord is God. He is, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You see, worship is a time for us to focus and, be rem and remind ourselves of who God is. But it's also a time for us to re be reminded of who we are. Right? This is, God, this is for you and we know who you are and your splendor and your glory, and your glory, but I also know who I am. He is the creator, we are his creation. He is the shepherd, we are the sheep. He's the supreme commander, we are his people. And so we come completely dependent upon who he is for everything. In other words, he's God and we're not. 
right? He's God and we are not. Just imagine, I'm sure we've all had these moments, we've all had these experiences where you, someone was gone from your home for a while or you haven't seen a good friend or a family member for, um, for a while. You usually just don't, you know, let's say you hadn't seen anybody for two, three weeks and they live with you and all of a sudden it's just like in passing, good to see you. Right? There's usually a little bit more excitement. Like, I haven't seen you, and I, want, and I want to be able to see you. So yesterday, Olivia got home from El Salvador, and they came pulling into the parking lot. So it's the end of the workday, and uh, they were pulling around. And I left my spot, and I just did a little jog to get to the church van. And then out she popped, and it just wasn't like a hug. Like, I picked her up, and I held her. And I was like, ah, it feels so good to hold you. And her first response was, you smell. And... Uh, I was like, good to see you too, boo-boo, right? But it was just one of those moments, right? It was a different embrace because I haven't seen her for 12 days. So it's a different embrace. She was gone and she was serving and had great experience in El Salvador, but she was home. And so I wanted to make sure I welcomed her home. And I wonder, and I just wonder if that's how God feels when we acknowledge him in worship, right? Like, welcome home. It's so good to see you. I'm here for this embrace. Like, I missed you last week, maybe last month, maybe the year, but you're here. And since you're here, let me just spend time with you. Let me just embrace. Let me be able to lavish my love on you as my children. Verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is drawing an analogy from the temple. Right, so the temple is where they would go and, and they would experience the presence of God and they would ask for the forgiveness of sin. And, and so outside the temple, you would be outside. And so there was a gate. And the only way to get into the, the temple or into the court portion of it was to, be, to go through the gate. And so he says, listen, when you go through that gate, when, when you're outside that gate, right, you're, you're thankful, right? You're thankful. But now you're outside and that gate is opened and now you're entering his court. Right? And when you get to the court, right, you're moving from thankfulness to praise. And so I wonder if, if, if for us this morning we can experience that same type of power where maybe you were on the outside and you're like, man, I'm thankful. But now that you're here in his presence, will you allow it to be turned to praise? Will you allow it to turn to praise? Because worship inspires us to move from an outsider to an insider. That's what worship does. It inspires us to move from an outsider to an insider. Remember what I said on the front end that worship inspires us to make a, a public declaration? Can you imagine just being outside with everybody, outside the gates, just giving thanks? And then when you entered into the court, everybody came with you. It wasn't like you just walked in through the gate by yourself and no one was around and you're like, okay, no one's here, so let's praise. No, everybody was with you. This was an outdoor public. Like this was, this was a moment for, for worship to be a public declaration. Pastor Lance, are you, are you asking and are you saying that, that we should lift our hands and we should sing and we should shout and have this, the, our emotions come forward? It doesn't, Pastor Lance, that's not manly. Men don't operate like that. Like they were, you know what I mean? Like that, don't ask us to do that. Don't ask it. This is just getting a little crazy. You're right. You're right. It's a little crazy to ask for you to, to have some type of uh, moment where you would lift your hands and you would shout because I've never been to a football game and ever seen any man experience that type of emotion, 
right? I've never been to a Browns game and, and everybody just sits in their seats and they're like, very good job, good job team. No, you know what? We're passionate. We're passionate fans. And so they score a touchdown and you're high-fiving any drunk idiot around you. You don't know anything about them. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only losing by 50, let's go. And you're up and there's big play and you're shouting, you're like, touchdown. So I don't wanna hear like, oh, that's just not who we are. That's just not, that's just not how we roll. Oh, no, you'll roll that way when the situation allows you to roll that way. But then, oh, no, now here, I just got to be a little bit subdued. Here's the crazy thing for me. Played a lot of sports as a kid. We still do it today. I don't know who created it. I don't know why it was created. But as young boys and men, we've done it. It's a good game. Right? You know what you do? It's a good game. You tap them on the butt. I don't know what gets any more awkward than tapping a grown man on the butt and saying good job or good game. But it's like, hey, good game, nice job, kudos. You can't do this, but you can do this? One is definitely more awkward than the other. I just want you to know, Pastor Anthony wanted to know if he could be a part of this illustration and I told him absolutely not. Because that would have gotten even more awkward. And it's like, why? Why do, we, why, do we, why do we go, man, I can't do it here and I won't do it here. But if I'm anywhere else, and I wonder if God's like, listen, how about for me? How about for me? But here's what I got to thinking. Why won't we? And I wonder if, if sometimes we struggle with, with moments of the worship experience because we know in those moments, unlike moments outside of here, that maybe he would ask us to change. Maybe in those moments as we get closer to him, he would, he would want to bring out something different in our lives. Romans 12, 2, it says this. It says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Are you just doing what everybody else is doing? Instead, look at this praise and worship. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Amen. Let that sink in for a moment. You're like, the Bible says that? It's in there. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans 12 too. Now understand this is the message, so you're like, I don't have that version. That's not, new, that's not King James, Okay. But, but there is something that God wants to do each and inside each and every one of you. Let me ask a couple questions. You ever showed up to church and the morning was rough? Some of you are like, today. I have toddlers, right? One's called Satan, the other one's Satan's minion. And they just show up with me every week. Anybody ever showed up to church not feeling the best? Anybody ever showed up to church mad? You're like, if I was the one getting yelled at, yes. Anybody ever show up to church lost? Maybe without hope? Right, we show up and we bring, we bring ourselves. And I, that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to stay home and go, yeah, but it's, it just didn't work out. This was missing and that was missing and I was angry and then I was, do you think he doesn't see? He does see, and what better place to be than in his presence. But here's what I love. We show up angry, and we leave, and we leave full of joy. 
We show up mad and then we're offering forgiveness on our way out the door, right? We show up sick and not feeling well. Next thing you know, it's like he's done something supernaturally in our body and we're healed. We show up without hope and we leave, we leave going, man, maybe he does have a plan for me. If this is true, I want to follow after him. And then he begins to revolutionary, it revolutionize our lives because we push through and we leave changed. And here's why. Here's why we leave changed. Because praise takes the focus off your problems and aligns it with God's power. We all got problems. We all have issues. There is no one in this room today that would say my life is problem free. We have them. But praise aligns our problem with God's power. And when we do that, we're like, oh my goodness, my problem's not nearly as big. My problem's not nearly as, as big of a deal because I see who God is in light of that problem, right? I don't, I don't know my physical condition and the doctor's report, and then we align it with God's power. We're like, but he can, right? I don't know where I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to pay my next bill. And, and I'm so grateful that God's like, it's okay because I can help you. But we see the problems and we need to align it with God's power. So why do we sing? Why do we praise? Why do we worship? Finishes in verse five, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. So today, the reason we're doing the worship at the end is because if you know anything about me, if you've, if you've been here before, you know typically I will preach and then I want an application. I want a challenge because we're not just meant to be hearers of the word, we're meant to be doers of the word. So the word should constantly be, be challenging us to, to put our faith in action. And so today I wanna give you an opportunity to respond. I wanna I want give you a moment to digest the word of what it's talking about with praise and worship and to be able to respond to it in a moment of, hey God, I'm here for you and it's just you. I don't care about what anybody else thinks of me and I don't care about whatever anybody else is doing in the room, but I'm gonna be here for an audience of one. And so today you may hear some speaking, some people just being grateful. Psalm 34, one says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will, will ever be or for always be on my lips. Some of you might get a little excited and maybe let a shout go. Psalm 27, six says, then my head will be exalted above the enemy. So surround me at his tabernacle, tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing with music to the Lord. You'll, you'll hear singing. Psalm 47, six says, sing praises to God, sing praises to our King, sing praises. You may, you, you may see people lifting hands. You may, you may see people standing. Psalm 119, verse 120 says, My flesh trembles in fear of you, but I stand in awe of your laws. I stand in awe of you. We're going to have some instrumentation. Psalm 33, 2 says, Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. May get a little clapping going on on beat. Just follow the drummer. It says, Psalm 47, 1 says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. And then Psalm 63, 4 says, I will praise you as long as I live. Your name I will lift up. What? As I lift up my hands. So this isn't awkward. This says, God, I'm here for you. That's what this means. God, I'm here for you. And nothing else, no one else will do. I just want you. I 
just want you. I want to spend time with you. I want, I want to worship you. I want to praise you. I want to exalt your name. So this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. And I'm not going to give up here and, and, and keep coaching you along. You want to stand, you stand. You want to sing, you sing. The altars are open. This place up front is a place of consecration. It doesn't mean that God doesn't move in the back of the room, but there's something that happens when we're willing to get out of our own way and say, God, I, I, I'm just going to make my way down front. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I just want to live surrendered to you and in this moment. And I just want to lift up your name. Because today is an opportunity for us to apply the word of God to our lives. But here, the reason I shared all those scriptures with you is because the scripture is giving us some protocols for worship. But it's not about our preference. This is about what God's word is asking us to do. If it's not in there, we don't do it. If it's in there, then it's acceptable. So we don't make it about us. We make sure that what we're doing is according to God's word. So I'm gonna pray. I just pray you open up your hearts today. You open up your mouths to sing, to rejoice, to speak, to thank, to praise, to worship, to tell God what he's worth, how, how you value him. So Father, this morning, we surrender to you. Nothing else but your presence right now in this moment matters. Lord, help us to not be distracted, but help us to be focused on you. Lord, may these next few minutes not be about anything that we would want, but what you would have for us. God, I pray that you would empower us through your spirit, Lord, to, to lift up our hands, to, to lift up our voice, to sing, to make beautiful music, to, to be able to make a shout of joy for you, for your goodness, for your love that endures forever. So Father, you're asking, Lord, for us to, to be able to apply your word. Help us, God, today to, to do that, to be, to be doers. So over these next few moments, God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit in such a mighty and a powerful way as we lift our hands, as we lift our hearts, as we come to you with our worship. God, may you be glorified, may you be lifted up, and may you be known. God, do something great and mighty in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives today as we express our thankfulness and our worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen.